Happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in to the Will Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug. I'm a pastor at Faith Lutheran Church based out of Shelton, Washington. We're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and you can learn more about us at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Today's podcast is recorded for the second Sunday in Epiphany, January 15th, 2023. What is at the heart of worship? Well, we turn to Scripture to to help us understand what it is we're doing when we worship and why and what happens when we worship. And today, we're going to talk about the Lamb of God and the Spirit of Christ. We're going to consider what is a sanctuary and how baptism both invites us into worship and sends us out for mission, for service, and for evangelism. We're going to have three readings today. The first is a reading from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, beginning at verse 29. John chapter 1, 29 verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've seen it and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Well, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, um, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And Andrew brought him to Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Twice in this passage from the first chapter of the Gospel of John, we hear about a different John, a guy we know as John the Baptist, pointing a finger at Jesus, calling him, declaring him to be the Lamb of God. Do you ever wonder why? Well, those familiar with the Old Testament of the Bible and the centuries-long system of temple sacrifice in the Jewish tradition, the Lamb of God language connects Jesus to those Old Testament promises. See, from the Passover lamb to the atonement scapegoat, there is a sense that the death of an animal, the death of a lamb, was a sign of God's faithfulness and for the forgiveness of sins. So to say that Jesus is the Lamb of God, it's to foreshadow His death on the cross, a demonstration once again of God's faithfulness and once again the promise of forgiveness of sins. And then for anybody who ever has known political oppression or human tyranny, to say that Jesus is the Lamb of God, it's also an indication that the kingdom of God is something altogether different 
from human tyranny. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is a rejection of earthly kingdoms of patriarchy and especially the Roman Empire. In the kingdom of God that's being ushered in by Jesus, it is the king who gives his life for the sake of others, not the other way around. In the kingdom of God, hierarchy is flattened, even turned upside down. It is the lamb who was slain, the Bible says, who triumphs over the lamb, over all human empires and systems. Well, two other bits from this reading. Uh, First, this passage, as with the other gospel accounts of the baptism of Jesus, it makes clear that there's a connection between water baptism and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. John sees the Holy Spirit manifest in the baptism of Jesus. And this is the pattern to this day. It's the Spirit that leads us to faith, that invites us to be washed in the waters of baptism. And then at the same time, in the water, we receive the Spirit in a new way. In baptism, the Spirit of Christ now dwells in us. And second, in this story, we see how the gospel is spread. This is the first example of evangelism. John the Baptist introduces his friends to Jesus. Jesus invites them to be with him. They, in turn, share the good news with others as Jesus reaches out to his brother and brings him to Jesus. That brother turns out to be none other than Simon Peter, the same Simon Peter, who would go on to be a pivotal leader in the early church. Evangelism then and now is nothing more than and nothing less than coming to know Jesus than introducing Jesus to someone else. Come and see, we say. This pattern of come and see leads to the formation of the earliest communities of faith, churches. These were small groups scattered in cities across the Mediterranean in the first century, including one such community in a place called Corinth in modern-day Greece. This little congregation uh, gathered around this belief that Jesus is truly the Son of God who died and rose again. They also gathered around a shared experience, an experience of the Holy Spirit that had been revealed to them in, uh, the same, <laughs> in the same way that Jesus uh, received it in, in his baptism. And so this Spirit of Christ now filled, equipped, and led all these early churches. It was this Spirit that gathered them and, and made them one people. It was this Spirit that equipped them to show the same kind of love and service which Jesus had demonstrated. It was this Spirit that gave them hope and courage in the face of difficulties, doubts, and even persecution. Listen to this confidence in the Holy Spirit that a man named Paul expresses in a letter that he writes to these Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 or beginning at verse 1. Paul writes this, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the church of God at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in Christ you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait uh, for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 
See, this is the church. It is the fellowship of believers, the communion of saints, those who by grace have been called and sanctified and set apart by the Spirit of Christ. This Spirit keeps us firm in faith, Paul tells us, gives us a solid foundation, no matter what, for God is faithful. It's like the old hymn sings, uh, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. This language of a, of a firm foundation, this is an imagery that's used in the Old Testament as well. There's a, there's a poem in the Old Testament in the book of Psalms. Psalm 40 begins this way. The writer says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Yahweh lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the muck and mire. God set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. God put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear Yahweh God and put their trust in God. So it's January in the Pacific Northwest. And those of us who live out here know a lot about muck and mud, don't we? <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this, but it rains a lot around here. And I mean a lot. And so when Brenda and I go walking or jogging this time of year, not only do we come home drenched, but our dog is covered with mud and muck. So are our shoes. We know here in the Pacific Northwest about living, slogging through the muck and the mud and the mire. And we know about uh, the metaphorical kind of muck and mud, right? being mired in a never-ending cycle of doctor's appointments and disappointments, having that week or that month or that year or that decade of slogging through it, addiction and abuse, or being bogged down at work or school, drowning in the slimy pit of depression and grief. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's that metaphorical kind of muck and mud that we find ourselves in and that we cry out to God. And this is the human condition. It's been the predicament of women and men and children since the dawn of time. We cry out to God and here's the good news. God is faithful and God hears our prayers. This is the hope and promise of the Bible over hundreds, thousands of years. And that is this. When we are in need, when we cry out to God, God is faithful and merciful. God hears our prayer. God sees you. God cares about you. And God will help you. And so this is the image of the psalm. God lifts you up and sets you on solid ground. For God is a shelter. You might say God is a sanctuary. That's one reason Christian churches call the place of worship a, a sanctuary. Sanctuary is a wonderful word. It has that sense of, of, of a safe space. A sanctuary is a place that's under the protection of the head of the household. This is God's house, we say. And all who enter here are under the protection of the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God and Father of Jesus Christ. Sanctuary, we talk about that in political terms as well, right? It's a place where political refugees find safe ha haven, uh, a place where women and children can flee from domestic abuse. So here at Faith, we embrace this image that the place of worship, God's house is a sanctuary. 
And so we want everyone who comes and worships here to know that in the name of Jesus, faith is a safe place. Come as you are. When you, when you arrive at faith, God, we, we understand and trust that God has lifted you from the muck and the mud and brought you to a place of shelter, a place uh, to, to warm up, to clean up, maybe to eat something, to rest and regroup. Sanctuary has all about to do with the Holy Spirit. It, uh, uh, the assembly of those who've been called by God and sanctified, made holy by the Spirit. Um, and so the sanctuary of God isn't just a place, right? The sanctuary of God becomes each one of us. Each one of us filled, equipped, led by the Spirit becomes a living sanctuary. And so we become extensions of the peace and protection of God throughout the week, wherever we go. And that's why often the baptismal font, that's the place, the, the bowl that, that holds the water that reminds us of our baptism. It's called a font, like a fountain or a fountain. And that's why the baptismal font is so often located at the entrance of the sanctuary. Most of the week, after all, we're slogging through the mud and muck of life and we arrive at the sanctuary of God and the font reminds us of the promise in baptism that, uh, that we are washed clean and spirit-filled, that we're not defined by the mud, we're not defined by our sins and mistakes, that we've been called, we've been sanctified, chosen and beloved because of the blood of the Lamb. And in the kingdom of God, those of us who have been beaten down and forgotten are lifted up and called blessed. In the sanctuary, filled, equipped, and led by the Holy Spirit, then, as the psalm says, we sing new songs and old hymns. We behold, we, we come into the presence of Christ who takes away our sin. We bear witness to our experiences of God's mercy and love in our lives. We're nourished by God's word in the bread and the wine. We are encouraged by one another as we pray for one another and for the world. And then, as we leave the sanctuary, we once again pass by the baptismal font. Now, the, the stand that holds the, the, the font in the sanctuary here at Faith was actually created, crafted by a man named Doug Holt. Some of you know him. It was, he did it about 15 years ago or so. It's carved from wood and, and it depicts uh, the wood forms hands that are reaching out, reaching up, cradling the bowl that holds the water that symbolizes and recalls our baptism. I love this imagery of the hands because these hands invite us to reach out in love and service to bless others. We are, after all, equipped (laughs) by the Holy Spirit to live in the name of Christ. We've seen the Lord. We've been lifted up once again out of the muck onto solid footing. The Spirit has fed us, nourished us, and cleaned us up, and now it's time to get back out there because there are others, other precious children of God, who are struggling in the muck and mire of their lives. They are precious in the eyes of God too. And so the Spirit equips us and sends us into the world to be living sanctuaries, to bless, encourage, love, and serve. Whatever is going on in your life these days, my prayer for you is that you would take heart. For here in the sanctuary of God, here in the, in, the, in the proclamation of his word, in the name of the Spirit of God, 
Here is the Lamb of God who takes away your sin and keeps you as the apple of her eye. My prayer for you is that may God lift you out of the mud and mire and set your feet on the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. May the Spirit of Christ nourish and keep you. Let us, each one of us joyfully sing a new song and maybe some old hymns as we praise God in the sanctuary together. And as we go on from here, uh, as, we, as we pass the font and recall our baptism, may the love of God equip us to be living sanctuaries and compel us to love and serve others in his name. Amen. You know, I get to thinking that, that if you're not here at the sanctuary, if you're listening to this podcast, then, then here's an invitation to you uh, in your home. Put a bowl of water next to your front door or next to the garage door. And, and as you, every time you, you um, come home from work, dip your fingers into the water, make a sign of the cross on your forehead and remember that you are loved and that you are held and that God has brought you to a safe place. And then in the morning when you go off to go off to work again, pass by that bowl, dip your fingers in the water, make a sign of the cross And remember that you are equipped and called to be a living sanctuary to help those other precious children of God uh, enduring the muck and mire of their life. May we be a blessing um, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, thanks for listening. To learn more about faith, again, go to our website, www.faithshelton.org. While you're there, you can like us, subscribe, or donate, or sign up for our newsletter. You can subscribe to this podcast on most podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. Hey, Chaz and Nadia, you guys are the best. Thank you for your production work on this podcast every week. I'll leave you with the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above ye heavenly host. Praise to the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.